Top Gun Maverick is the number one movie of the summer. Cobra Kai is the number one show on streaming. But to show that the 80s are really back in action, Satanic Panic is once again gripping America. And then we take a look at a bizarre phenomenon, coincidence, really depending on who you ask. Is it possible that the country of Mexico is so psychologically scarred by the great earthquake of 1985 that they keep manifesting another one on the exact same day? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys are having tons of fun out there. First off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command. Everyone get on your feet for a valid soldier in the war. I don't know who we're fighting against. Uh, not paranormal stuff? Give it up for Germ. Woohoo, yeah, come on in. Germ, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. The reason why I'm selecting Germ is this is, we've, there's been multiple attempts over the years to do this, and this one may not pan out. This one may not pan out either, but I'm really hoping it does, and Germ is spearheading a Dead Rabbit Radio wiki. So, in the past couple days, you may have noticed it in the show notes, we're really trying to get this Dead Rabbit Radio wiki off the ground, because I'm constantly asking myself, have I covered this story before? And I have no data, not even I really have a database of what I've covered. I usually have to search the Dead Rabbit Radio, deadrabbitradio.lipson.com. It has a search tool where you can kind of put in keywords for episodes. But like you put in the word ghost and it'll come up with all the, it'll come with every episode where I use the word ghost in the title or the description. This one hopefully will allow us a little bit more of what we've done and that's that falls on you guys too if you guys could really help us backfill episodes and future fill episodes basically i'm asking you to do all the work but i would love that and then on recently on an episode i had mentioned did i ever tell the story about the time that me and my good friend jackie were hypnotized by a doll and apparently i have not told that story uh stewart meatball on youtube said he's listened to pretty much every episode he's never heard that story so that episode should be coming up but again i wasn't aware i kind of threw that story off off the top of my head it's a real story it is a real story but i was like i don't know if i've ever done this before so if people contribute to the wiki we could actually do that right now i'm just putting show notes in but people can put in little facts and stuff like that i think it'd be a lot of fun i think it would really be a lot of fun but let's get the episode started germ you're going to be our captain or pilot this episode and and if you can't support the show financially help with the wiki or spread the word about the show everything really really helps out a lot we really need to do everything to help the show grow germ Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to drive all the way out to Middle America. (laughs) Germ's driving us on out there. We're headed out to Middle America. Let me give you a little bit of background here real quick, because I've used the word satanic panic once or twice already, and I want to... Just to clarify stuff, right? The Satanic Panic was this big thing back in the 1980s. So what you had were these stories of preschools that were committing Satanic ritual abuse. So it wasn't just, you know, a daycare worker slamming a kid up against the wall. Unfortunately, that that happens all the time. Nowadays, it's caught on video. I mean, it was was bad enough. I never understood why you did it when it wasn't on video. But now that it is on video, definitely why are you doing it? 
You have abuse, obviously. Physical abuse, mental abuse, sexual abuse of kids. The ritual in it adds that the conspiracy theory was that they were performing this as some sort of ritual. It wasn't that they were just sexually abusing children. They were doing it as a ritual, as a satanic ritual, as calling forth for darker powers that they can then use to get power in the community, to get wealth. All these deals with the devils type of thing, right? Satanic ritual abuse, sexual ritual abuse, SRA, is the term you see. And preschools, daycare centers, townships, you know, these small towns spread across middle America, you would have these groups kind of operating in the darkness. And a lot of times they were connected to the elite of the town. So you had like the mayor's wife, and then you had like the guy who ran like the auto shop business, kind of like the the cream of the crop, the people who you would not suspect. It was never Greaseball Johnny down at the wrecking yard. I mean, maybe, right? It was never the people that you would suspect is what made this satanic panic. It was the elite of these small towns across America. And I've said this before on the show, and I'm going to reiterate it now. The satanic panic, I have never been an advocate that it's all made up. I have always believed that some of those stories were true. Some of them, sure, yes, it could have been a panic, but some of it was true. You did have people, I do believe this, that you had people in powerful positions being perverts. I know that might, I know that might have shocked none of you, because we see it today. But it's so weird because we'll catch someone like Jeffrey Epstein today and then you can read an article in the same newspaper talking about the satanic panic and they're like, can you believe those yokels? They used to believe that powerful people did horrible stuff to kids. Ah, it's ridiculous. Now you could say, Jason, well, yeah, people have always done stuff to kids and always done, but the satanic ritual abuse is making that ritual. Are you saying that these powerful people, even if it's just like local mayors and people working for lodges and churches and schools, are you saying that they were also saint worshippers? Uh, yeah, totally. I think some of them were. And again, I'm not talking about Church of Satan too. Church of Satan is a humanist religion that uses the name Church of Satan to troll Christians. They don't believe in Satan either. That name is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it gets them a bunch of attention. On the other hand, it gets them a bunch of attention and they get wrapped up in all this other stuff. I'm talking about Satan worshippers. I'm talking about people who actually believe that Satan exists and by doing stuff to appease him, you get power and money and more victims. I think the general consensus now is that the Satanic Panic was completely... Uh, hyped, right? It didn't exist. None, none of them ever happened. None of them ever happened. I don't believe that. I believe some of them did. I don't believe all of them did, but I believe some of them did engage in this stuff. And I do believe some of them were saint worshippers. And so we have this really interesting article coming out from Reason.com. And it was written, it was published back on August 18th, 2022. It was written by Elizabeth Nolan Brown. It's really interesting because it kind of goes against the narrative. It kind of goes against what we think. Because nowadays you think that people who believe in stuff like Pizzagate, people who believe in stuff like the elite are Satan worshippers, QAnon type of stuff. You imagine it's conservatives, right? It's Republicans. But take a look at this, this really cool article. This article is published in Reason.com. It's called The Satanic Panic is Back and It's Bipartisan. And what happened was University of Miami political science professors, these two guys, Joseph E. Usinski 
And Casey Klofstad did a national poll earlier this year. And these are the statistics they came up with. 25%, 25% of Americans agree that, quote, satanic ritual sex abuse is widespread in this country. That's a huge percentage. I, that might that might have been what the percentage was back in the 1980s. That might actually be bigger. One in four Americans agree that satanic ritual abuse, sex abuse, is widespread in this country. 30% of Americans agree that, quote, elites from government and Hollywood are engaged in a massive child sex trafficking racket. These are huge numbers, right, of Americans who believe this stuff. And what they did was they broke it down by political party. When we look at the breakdown politically, satanic ritual sex abuse is widespread. 26% of Republicans believe that. 29% of Democrats believe that. And that surprised me. That surprised me. Because that's not the narrative we're being told, right? That's not the narrative we're being told at all. We're being told that Pizzagate is like a conservative Trump thing, right? That it's QAnon's in the middle of this whole adrenochrome stuff. Now, they didn't specifically mention adrenochrome, but that it all goes hand in hand. Now, those percentages are pretty close, right? But still, you would think if you read the newspaper headlines that it would be, say, 25% Republicans and 3% Democrats or something like that. But that's not the narrative. It's so interesting. So imagine my surprise. I read that article on August 18th when it came out. I was that was a fascinating article. Imagine my surprise when on September 14th, MSNBC ran an article by Brandy Zardonzi. And this is the headline for that one. Quote, Satanic panic is making a comeback. Oh, that sounds familiar. I, oh, okay. You're going to quote this study. Quote, Satanic panic is making a comeback fueled by QAnon believers and GOP influencers. Isn't that fascinating? And they don't really talk about the study in this. They do mention it. They have another narrative thrust on their side, but it's so interesting. Like, the study shows that that just isn't holding up. It's across the board, politically across the board. So, listen, QAnon believers and GOP influencers may be riling this up, but that's not news. That's We've been told that for a long time. Now, the question is why? Why do people believe in this? And there's a thousand different reasons for that. One of mine is a part of it's true. Some of it's true, right? We can look at these elite people who get arrested or don't really don't get arrested, right? How many people did R. Kelly have to abuse before he got arrested? And you, it's not like R. Kelly was like sitting there at some Hollywood party all alone and being like, man, I really wish I could go home and be with my 13-year-olds. He was bringing these girls to parties. And producers were meeting these girls. He was bringing these girls into recording studios. And rappers and musicians from all around the industry were coming to his studio because he was a premier songwriter. And they were meeting these girls. You cannot tell me that none of those other musicians or producers got in on that. We want it to be this singular thing. We don't want it to exist at all. But 
The idea that R. Kelly was just doing this and the producers were like, well, I don't know. He does seem to be hanging out with a lot of middle school students. Maybe we shouldn't have him on his album. And the producer going, you know what? You're right. This guy's too gross. We're not going to work with him. We'll go find some other songwriter. That didn't happen. That never happened. This guy was so highly regarded in the industry. And what's funny is we knew about it. We knew about it. The jokes were going around. Dave Chappelle was doing skits about it. We knew he was a pervert. He was still in Hollywood for years. So before we knew about it, it wasn't something that he woke up one day in 2004 and goes, oh, you know what I'm missing in my life? 13-year-old girls. This was something he was doing for a long time. And powerful people were around him, and they also got access to these girls. That is the way it worked. That is 100% the way it worked. And, and Hollywood goes, okay, he's arrested. That was an anomaly. Don't worry about that. And it churns up young girls and young boys, sucks them up into its vacuum. Some of them, nothing bad may never happen to them. Others, the worst could happen to them. But you don't have victims without perpetrators. We do know that Hollywood just devours young people. We just know it. Because we see it. And every so often someone gets caught and then they're just like, wow, that guy was a creep. So it's a small leap from we know these institutions prey on young people because they're young. Because they're malleable. Because they're forbidden. We know that happens. It's a small leap of logic to go to, oh, and they're also doing this for Satan. They're also doing this for power and wealth and fame and all the things that Hollywood is famous for. Very, very small leap for that. So I don't think you're stupid for believing things like there's a bunch of saint worshippers controlling Hollywood. Is it true? I mean, here's the thing. Is that part true? We do know that there are huge chunks of Hollywood that protect predators, protect sexual predators. We That's just... We know that. We I could dump a hundred articles in the show notes that talk about who was that there was a school teacher, an onset school teacher, who got caught um, either molesting kids or got caught with child porn, did a couple years in jail prison, and when he came out, he got another job as an onset teacher, and they were like, Well, he's a good teacher. So we know that exists. We know again, like that's the exception, not because he did it, but because he got caught and because we know about it. So I definitely don't think you're dumb if you're one of the 30% that says elites from government in Hollywood are engaged in a massive child sex trafficking racket. I think that you do get into the sex ritual abuse. That's such a specific thing. But one in four Americans believe that. That satanic ritual sex abuse is widespread in this country. I don't know if I would say that it is widespread, but it exists. And it's the people you wouldn't expect. I do think the elites in the government in Hollywood engaged in massive child sex trafficking is, I do think that's higher. I do think the likely, well, we know it's not. We That is far, that, that's happening. I can't even say that's more likely, right? And child sex trafficking isn't just throwing a bunch of little girls on a boat and sending them across the country. It's literally being like, hey, I'm a teacher. I've identified this girl as a victim. You going to a high-level movie producer and being like, you want, want to meet up. That's trafficking. It doesn't have to be across state lines. You're actually move, just that's trafficking. Of course that's happening. Disgusting. I actually don't think I was going to talk so much about the, the, the sex trafficking part of it. But I was going to talk more about the satanic part of it, which is spookier and in a way less gross. Because is that happening? 
that is where you go. I don't. I I do think it's happening. I do think it's happening in certain communities, and it's interesting because it is bipartisan. These polls show that, and it's I, it's so weird how they keep trying to turn this into a conservative versus liberal thing, a Republican versus Democrat thing, when it is pretty bipartisan. I wonder why they are trying to make it a partisan issue. Good amounts of both parties believe this. And then what's the next step when one in four Americans believe that satanic ritual abuse is widespread? What happens then? Like, the number's not going to shrink. There's no amount of information or education you can give. If you believe this, there's no way to not believe it. It is all those unaccessible halls of power is where you believe this is happening at. That number will not shrink. That number will definitely go up. The question is, how high will it go up? And when it hits a certain threshold, what happens then? Very, very interesting statistics. I am a statistics nerd when they have to do with the paranormal or the world of conspiracy theory. I love them even more. Germ, let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind Middle America. (laughs) The Carpenter Copter is covered in graffiti of pentagrams, but we're not worried about that. (laughs) okay i'm walking i'm walking germs flying you guys i'm like i don't know that thing might have been cursed also i think if you can paint a pentagram on the side of a carpenter copter you could also loosen a couple bolts so i'm on the ground i'm like i'll see you guys there soon i'm gonna walk germ fly everyone else all the way out to mexico city late last night it's probably like eight or nine o'clock i was just getting ready to go to bed call it an early night i got an email from a listener, he, we, we've talked in the past. I think he sent me some other stuff, but I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Vince G. Vince G emailed me this just last night, and I was like, perfect. That's an awesome story. Let's talk about September 19th. So I'm recording this episode on September 20th. So just yesterday for me, September 19th, 2022, in Mexico, you had a 7.7 earthquake. Only one person died. It's pretty good as far as earthquakes go. Limited damage. And they say the reason why, I mean, as powerful as the earthquake was, it hit a pretty sparsely populated area. And when it happened, everyone ran outside. There's video footage, obviously, on Twitter of this. I mean, these cars are rocking real hard. You know, just stuff kind of rocking around. But yeah, one person dead, limited damage. That's pretty good. But what's interesting is, 7.7 earthquake, they happen, not a huge amount of casualties, again, which is good. I'm not like, oh, I don't have anything to talk about on my podcast. Massive amounts of people didn't die. What made this earthquake notable wasn't the size of the earthquake, but the date of the earthquake. Let's go back in time. Let's go back in time. We're headed all the way back to the year 1985. September 19th, 1985. And an earthquake that registered 8.0 on the Richter scale strikes Mexico City. When this earthquake hit Mexico City back in 1985, it devastated the city. You had over 300 buildings completely crumble, including a hospital. Hospital Juarez, which is where they had their blood bank, which is where they had their helipad for their medical helicopters. The hospital was 80% at capacity, and it was a staff change. 
So you had basically double the staff because you had the people who are still there getting ready to leave and you have the doctors and nurses coming in to start work. When this hospital collapsed, it basically not only killed hundreds of people in the hospital, also limited your recovery efforts. You lost so many medically trained personnel in the earthquake. They were also killed in the collapse. You lost your medical helicopter. You lost your blood bank. So it was this double whammy on the city. Over 300 buildings completely crumbled. Horrible disaster. The death toll from this earthquake in 1985 varies, right? You have different sources saying different things. And part of the reason why is that you had the immediate estimates. People could look at the damage of the city and say, well, these many buildings completely crumbled. And then we have this percentage of buildings that partially collapsed. We're looking at all these roadways. We're looking at the whole picture. We can make an estimate of how many people died. But then we have to start the recovery effort because maybe it'll be something where... I remember when there I was down in the Bay Area where that big earthquake hit. I think it was in 88. And we watched that freeway. It, it, it was a double-decker freeway and it, it had collapsed upon itself. And we had been, as a family, up and down that freeway during rush hour traffic a hundred times. And it was bumper to bumper. And I remember me and my brothers, we were hanging out of the house. Who else was there? Matt? Anyways, we were looking at the freeway. It had collapsed. And we, we were having a party, right? We were like, woohoo, we survived an earthquake. We thought it was really cool. Our parents weren't home. We survived an earthquake. It was a big one. When we saw that freeway had collapsed upon itself, we go, oh my God, there has to be... Hundreds of people dead in there. Families, hundreds of families dead in there. And that's what the people, like the S, like I remember they were flying the helicopters over and rescue personnel was trying to get in there. And I, th if I remember correctly, it was less than 12 people died in that. And people go, how is that possible? Like there, that is bumper to bumper traffic and it happened during rush hour. And what it was, was that year the World Series was between the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants. And Businesses were letting their employees go home early to watch the World Series. Had it not been for that single fact, right, there would have been hundreds of people killed. So you made an estimate, right? You looked at it, but once we started going in there, there was way less cars than there were supposed to be. So estimates for this earthquake vary. Even at the time when they're looking at the city, experts said there could be as high as 35,000 people dead. But after all the rubble was removed, after they were locating these bodies and bring them out, the official government answer was only 5,000 people died. Because we have 5,000 bodies here. People didn't trust that number. People didn't trust that number. They didn't trust the president because when the earthquake happened, he called a media blackout and didn't address the nation until 39 hours after the earthquake. And that's why today... A lot of estimates say it wasn't just 5,000 people. When we look at the damage of the city, it wasn't just 5,000 people. The numbers range from the official number of 5,000 people dead to 45,000 people who were completely crushed or their remains were never found. Or they may have found the remains and the death toll number was lowered on purpose by the government. I actually believe this isn't a very common conspiracy theory. But this is something I believe in. Hurricane Katrina, the official death toll is 1,800. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. 
I think it's closer to 4,000 people who died in Hurricane Katrina. And when you look back at initial reports when it was happening and in the days afterwards, they were talking thousands upon thousands, like two, three, four thousand people dead. But now the official number is 1,800. I don't believe that. I think that's fake. I think the number they made up that because any number higher, I honestly think it was higher than the death toll on 9-11. See, and that was, this is my conspiracy theory, that they didn't want that. They didn't, they didn't want that number out there because it, it, Hurricane Katrina was 100% avoidable. There's other conspiracy theories that they blew the levees up on purpose. Maybe we'll do an episode on that someday because it's kind of obscure now. But yeah, I do believe that. I do believe that when it comes down to can we benefit from the number being high, governments will boost the number. And if they can benefit from the number being low, Hurricane Katrina being completely avoidable, this city, this disaster, it looks so bad on the president because the infrastructure wasn't there. These buildings crumbled. 5,000 people dead. And how would you know, right? You would assume as a family that the person or the whole, all the people who died in your family, let's say you lost three relatives in the, you would think those three people were a part of the 5,000. But you don't realize that there are 10,000 families that lost two or more people and it adds up. So anyways, it was a huge event. It, it was a massive event that struck at the psyche of the country of Mexico. It terrified them. This was a massive earthquake in modern times. They're watching a civilized industrial city crumble. So by the year 2017, there were actually memorial events set up for the September 19th earthquake of 1985. So on every September 19th, you had people coming out and remembering those that were lost. Even in the year 2017 those remembrance ceremonies were still going on. On September 19th, 2017, one of these remembrance ceremonies was going on at a school when another earthquake struck Mexico. At this particular school, teachers and children were killed while remembering those who died back in 1985, on that same day, back in 1985. But luckily, we learn, right? The infrastructure began to be built better. People were trained on what to do during earthquakes. So in the earthquake that happened in 2017, only 370 people died, around that number. And again, that's kind of an agreed-upon number. You just had a better-built infrastructure. But now you've had it happen twice on the same day. You have a 1 out of 365 chance that it's going to happen on the same day. That's just that's just really the thing of it. But people were on edge. Then we have the earthquake that just happened yesterday. It's interesting because there's a lot of different ways you can look at this, right? Like I said, it's a 1 in 365 chance that you have this earthquake. I did digging up. Again, I'm a statistics nerd. I, I, I was digging it up. Since 1950, there's been around 63 earthquakes in the entirety of the country of Mexico that have been over 5.5 on the Richter scale. So less than one a year is when we have these big earthquakes. And it doesn't happen every September 19th, right? There's a lot of September 19ths where this doesn't happen. 
But like I've said on this show before, once when something happens one time, it's an event. If it happens twice, it's a coincidence. And if it happens three times, it's a phenomenon. But is there something about this state in particular? Kind of what the theory... I was talking to Vince a little bit about this last night, very briefly. But the idea is, is I remember asking him, can you tulpa an earthquake? Can you manifest an earthquake? It's a really interesting way to look at it, right? Vince G was saying the idea is, this was kind of the theory he was, he was throwing over to me, is that the first earthquake in 1985 so psychologically scarred the people of Mexico that their fear of another massive earthquake has caused these two. That their fear is manifesting this. Super fast. I mean, like, I can't... Again, as a rational person, you would say this is just a coincidence, but putting on our conspiracy hats and looking at this, can you... And to be fair, Vince also says that he thinks it's a coincidence as well, but can your fear of something cause it to happen again? That's such an interesting thing. And this would be on a national scale. Is it possible? Now, I, I obviously, when I was thinking about that, I go, well... People were afraid after 9-11. People were, especially because, you know, the anniversaries, right? People were like, oh, the next anniversary was something going to happen. People were terrified of another 9-11. But that, a terrorist act. So funny, I got so much hate mail last time. They're like, what? You believe the official story? Anyways, an act of terror against the World Trade Center took so many moving parts. Actually, whether or not you believe it's an inside job, right? It takes so many moving parts to, to do. And it involves so many other people. The Earth... I'm going to get real kind of hippie on you guys. The Earth is an organism. It's one singular thing that is part of us, and we are part of it. So I don't think you could manifest a bunch of terror attacks. I don't think you could. I mean, unless you're the one causing them, then you can do it. You can do it all day long. You're the one causing them. But I don't think the fear of a terror attack would necessarily cause a terror attack. But could you manifest an earthquake? Could the population of a country be so afraid of another massive earthquake? Because the Earth is more of a organism, right? It's part of us. I know this is... You guys are like, wow, Jason, you're getting really... Really, really weird right now. The this is this is the part where you think I'm getting weird. Talking about R. Kelly's recording studio. You know what I mean? Like maybe the, I guess I'm saying this. Maybe the Earth is easier to manipulate. Maybe the Earth is easier to manifest things out of. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the answer. The normal answer would be this is a coincidence, but it's happened three times now. In I mean, what has it been since 1985? This is how I do math. 1995, that's 10 years. 2005, that's 20 years. 2015, I lost count. I lost count. It's been less than 40 years. It's been less than 40. I feel, I feel confident saying that. You've had three earthquakes on the same day in less than 40 years. I don't know. It could be that, right? They could be manifesting it. It could be those people who often say, every time I look at the clock, it's 11-11. That's not true. Like, that would require you only to check a clock twice in your entire day. 
I mean, I don't know. I ch I'm constantly looking at my watch. If you're ever standing next to me and I look at my watch, I'm not being rude. It's just something I do. I always look at my watch. So if you only look at... <laughs> every time I see these posts all the time. Every time I look at the clock, it's 11-11. I mean, is it, it's a, is it a coincidence? Are they manifesting this? It'll be super interesting. I, I gotta say, I hope nobody dies in these things, right? I'm not like, oh yeah, here comes paranormal research. Ooh. I'm hoping that no one dies in these things, but man, wouldn't it be amazing, or maybe that's the wrong word, wouldn't it be interesting if within the next year or two there's another earthquake on September 19th? I think right now people are kind of going like, could it be that we're manifesting this? If it kept happening, obviously we're going to start going from that to it's some sort of weapon being used against us. Going back to the, going back to the whole you know, being afraid of terror, another country oppressing Mexico, another country triggering this earthquake on purpose. And if you had this weapon, you would use it when it caused the most damage. And even if that's not the most physical damage, the most psychological damage. So if this continues to happen, I don't imagine it to happen next year, but gee, who knows, right? it may come down to that. Like you may see it kind of move away from, oh, is this something we're causing through our fear, our psychic energy to straight up, oh, someone's doing this on purpose. <laughs> Somebody is doing this on purpose. It's a rival government that's actually triggering these earthquakes on purpose. Fascinating conspiracy. Thank you so much, Vince, for sending over. A lot of people are reporting on it. The LA Times did an article about the curse today. A lot of people are talking about this. So is it cursed? Is it coincidence? fascinating story but i wanted to end this episode with a story of hope that came out of the mexico city earthquake in 1985 this is so fascinating what happened was when that let's go back to the hospital juarez you're like jason that's your happy ending with the hospital that collapsed and killed everyone inside of it there was this very very famous story that came out of this collapse i mean obviously you had thousands of stories of survival and loss but let's take a look at this one when the hospital collapsed, it was a fully functioning hospital, one of the rooms in it was the nursery where newborn babies were placed. Sit around and roll around in their little glass cribs. Just, you know, they're new to the world. These people just came out of their mama and then some stranger they've never met. I mean, technically they've never met anyone. They've been in a womb for nine months, but they're then placed by loving hands inside of these little cribs, and they just kind of roll around. They're feeling things for the very first time. They're feeling a blanket. They're feeling the cold air of the nursery touching against their cheeks. Beautiful, right? These little baby people. September 26th, 1985. Seven days has passed since the earthquake rocked Mexico City, devastated Mexico City. Seven days have passed since the hospital had turned to rubble. Rescue crews moving debris. Here's some babies. Hey, come over here, Johnny, Johnny. Get the shovels, get the backhoe, get whatever. They hear babies in the rubble. So rescue crews going overtime means day seven. People got some sore muscles, right? People are running off of just pure adrenaline now. They hear babies in the rubble. They find all of the babies who were in the nursery alive. 
they're called, I know it doesn't make any sense. It totally sounds made up. They're called the Miracle Babies or the Miracle of Hospital Juarez. All of the babies, I mean, for all I know, there was only two. Even two would be a miracle, right? I'm not like, well, there's not 20 of them. All of the babies, their mothers died. All of their mothers died when the hospital collapsed. But this nursery, for whatever reason, I mean, obviously, we look at divine intervention here, right? A miracle. They had no food, no water, no warmth, and no human contact during that time period. Not a nurse to calm them down. Not a mom to hold them tight and tell them everything's going to be okay. These babies survived. I do have to say, though. <laughs> I do have to say, though. I looked at my note. Here, I'm going to look this up real quick. In total, 14 babies lived. I did did have to double-check my notes. Two of them passed away after they were pulled from the rubble, but 14 of these babies lived. Truly a miracle. Truly a miracle out of all of that destruction, out of all of that chaos, out of all of that loss of life. Even among the rubble, Buried underneath tons of concrete, miracles can still happen. Maybe that's a lesson we can all remember the next time we're feeling down. The next time we're underneath tons of rubble, maybe we can remember that miracles do still happen. Because I think we forget that lesson a lot. I really do. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a good